Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and call the meeting to order at 4.30. Uh, let's see, uh, we got any alternates to recognize or welcome new members? Yeah, no alternates uh, that I'm seeing. I did wanna uh, recognize a few uh, folks. Uh, Ruthina Malone is back with us. She's She's been a representative of the school district in the past. She has become the official mm -hmm. representative, so welcome to Ruthina. Thank you. Uh, and then two new Iowa City members, uh, Janice Weiner and Laura Burgess, so welcome uh, to the board. Okay, thanks, Kent. Uh, we can consider approval of the meeting minutes or entertain a motion. Move. Second. Okay, motion and a second. Any discussion on the, on that? If not, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, no. All right, uh, next. Uh, setting the board meeting dates, time and location. Looks like April 1st. North Liberty gets to host this one. On April Fool's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take it personally. I'll have to send an alternate. I will be in. Ta I'll be in Tucson. Okay. Our uh, draft transportation planning work program is due to the DOT uh, actually on that day, so that's kind of the the rationale behind that. So if it works for enough of you, that's our preference. All right. Um, okay. Next item will be uh, public discussion of any items on the agenda. Anybody here to speak on anything? Okay, I don't see anybody on that. Okay, and uh, into administration. Uh, report from the nominating committee on the 2020 um, MPOJC board officers. Yeah, thanks. Kent Ralston, uh, director of the MPO. Uh, you'll remember back at your November meeting, you appointed a three-person nominating committee for the chair and vice chair uh, for calendar year 2020 uh, board officers. Uh, the committee was comprised of Aaron Shane with the university, Mazahir Salih with Iowa City, and Tom Gill from Coralville. Uh, thanks to each of you for uh, working on that. Uh, as director, it's been my practice to either review agenda items or and or meet with the chair prior to meetings to make sure we've got uh, everything we need on the agenda. Um, obviously, the chair presides over the meetings, the vice chair presides when he or she is not available. Uh, currently, the chair is Steve Berner, uh, which is obvious to us tonight. Uh, Chairperson Berner has served for two one-year terms, and there's a two-term limit for that position. Uh, current vice chair is Terry Donahue, mayor of North Liberty. Uh, Terry has also served two one-year terms, and there's also a two-term limit for that position, so neither can be in the same position they're in now. Um, and at this point, if someone from the nominating committee would like to uh, discuss what it was that you came up with, uh, that would be fantastic. Okay, yeah. We met and we agree. Uh, we, we come up with this nomination. Uh, we would like to nominate uh, Terry Dunhu for Mayor of uh, North Liberty to be the chair. And we would like to nominate John Thomas, Iowa City, to be the vice chair. And I guess we talk to them. They accept the nomination, but they can say that out loud right now. <laughs> yeah. Happy to do it. Let's go. Okay. Um, Okay. Do we need a, a second motion. for that? Please motion. Second. make a motion to okay. accept their nomination committee's recommendations. Second. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, motion and a second. So all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, no. Okay, passes. 
thanks, a, thanks again to the committee. Uh, thanks to Steve for uh, chairing for the past two years and now is sort of the uncomfortable uh, handoff of the gavel to uh, our new chair. Where is it? Go for it. <laughs> Where's the gavel? They never gave me one. It's probably in the drawer. Mayor's one might be in the drawer. Okay, let's bring your own. Oh. We'll go ahead and get going. Item B, consider approval of fiscal year 21. MPOJC budget and financial forecast. Thank you. Uh, the proposed 21 budget and financial forecast was attached in your packet for review. Uh, the focus of the MPO continues to be fulfilling federal and state requirements necessary for entities to receive state and federal formula assistance. Uh, we also generate locally, uh, uh, we also locally, we also generate local traffic studies, grant applications, mapping services, and so on and so forth uh, for your communities. Uh, they then, of course, help you uh, with capital improvement project uh, planning and so on. Uh, as many of you know, MPO is organized as a division of the City of Iowa City's Neighborhood and Development Services Department, uh, and MPO staff also serve as Iowa City staff. Uh, personnel costs are determined through the collective bargaining agreement between Iowa City and the American Federation of State, County, Municipal Employees, or AFSCME, as many of us uh, know it. Uh, the overall budget reflects about a 6.5% increase over last year's budget, uh, primarily due to increases in staff uh, salaries and benefits. Uh, after accounting for staff time solely devoted to Iowa City functions, we separate those, uh, then we assess each one of your entities by population. Uh, we also, uh, the budget also reflects continued use of internal carryover funds, about $30,000, and then Iowa DOT planning funds, about in the neighborhood of $230,000. Uh, I had mentioned back in November that, like all businesses and corporations, we're not immune to uh, increases in healthcare costs. And of that 6.5% uh, increase, that represents something like $47,000, 80% uh, was an increase in our health care costs this year. So I consider this a status quo budget, um, but that represents uh, the vast majority of that 6.5% increase. Uh, with that, uh, unless there's any questions, uh, I'd like the board to entertain adoption of the FY21 budget and financial forecast. Anyone wish to uh, make that motion? So moved. I'll second. Been moved and seconded. Discussion or questions? All those in favor say aye. 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 All opposed, like sign. Motion carries. Thank you. Item C, consider approval of fiscal year 21, Johnson County assessments to the East Central Iowa Council of Governments. Yeah, thanks. As many of you know, uh, the MPO collects uh, dues for the East Central Iowa Council of Governments as well. Uh, and we do that for Johnson County entities. We then forward those funds on to ECOG, so we're essentially a pass-through. Uh, ECOG assessments are calculated on a per capita basis for the counties they serve, and then again, we in turn uh, assess all the Johnson County entities on a per capita basis. <coughs> Uh, the 21 ECCOG budget has, pro has proposed a 2% increase for all the counties it serves, uh, which is reflected in the budget that's in your packet. Uh, ECCOG is the designated regional planning association for East Central Iowa, which includes Benton, Cedar, Iowa, Johnson, Jones, Linz, Tama, and Washington counties. Uh, and ECCOG provides planning services in grant administration, uh, solid waste, transportation planning, and so on. Uh, Karen Kurt and Mary Rump are both here from ECCOG tonight if there's any questions about their budget or the services they provide. Uh, otherwise, we are looking for approval of the adoption of the FY21 uh, ECICOG budget. Any questions for the ladies? Oh, come on, don't want to waste the trip <laughs> down. Yeah, I made it all the way here. <laughs> 
university perspective, I know we're really not involved, but we appreciate your help this year with the NYU. Thank you. Hearing nothing else, I'll consider a motion to approve the assessments. Move. Second. Been moved and seconded. Final discussion or questions? All those in favor say aye. 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 All opposed? Motion carries. <coughs> Item D, consider appointments to the ECI COG Board of Directors. Yeah, thanks. Another uh, ECI COG related item. Uh, back at your November meeting, many of you will remember we discussed uh, that there are a certain number of MPO communities responsible for appointments to the ECCOG Board of Directors this year uh, for calendar year 2020. Uh, per the bylaws, per the MPO bylaws, uh, the entities responsible to appoint elected officials in 2020 were Iowa City, Coralville, and Tiffin. And there's also one citizen appointment. And at your last meeting, uh, you may remember uh, asking Randy Lobsher, who was the citizen appointee last year, uh, if he'd be interested in serving another year, and he graciously accepted. Uh, the appointees from the other entities include uh, Janice Weiner from Iowa City, uh, Megan Foster from Coralville, uh, Al Havens from the city of Tiffin, and then again, the citizen appointment, Randy Lobsher. Uh, and unless there's any questions, uh, we would like the board to consider approval of the official appointments to ECCOG for calendar year 2020. Anyone have a change of heart? <laughs> Good. You entertain a motion to approve. Move to approve. Second. Moved and seconded. Thank you. And you have discussion or questions? I was just going to mention that the ECCOG board meeting then is tomorrow night at Tomorrow afternoon at um, 1.30. So 1.30 tomorrow afternoon is that, uh, is that meeting for those new representatives. Thank All you. All those who approve the appointment say aye. 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 All opposed? Motion carries. Discuss MPOJC orientation opportunity. Yeah, this is a quick one. Uh, either for new board members or current board members that would like a refresher, I usually offer MPO uh, orientation, and I think most uh, folks find it pretty interesting what all the MPO does and what we're involved in. Um, this year's no different, and just by a simple show of hands, if there's any new board members or existing board members that want a refresher, um, I'll take your name, and then we usually try to meet sometime in March uh, for about an hour, and we just have a, a packet we go through and, and try and get everyone up to speed on what it is the MPO does and, and why it's important. Anyone interested in that, Janice? Okay. A refresher never hurts. Okay. The so new members and Terry, okay. Yeah, I'll take one too. Okay. I'll, I'd be interested also. Okay, Megan, thanks. You can add me too. <coughs> Any other takers? I've been to it at least three times. It's the right names. So I've got Chris, Terry, Megan, Mazahir, Laura, and Ruthina. Did I miss anybody? Janice. Yeah. Oh, Janice, sorry. You were the first person. To... Okay, thank you. I'll be in touch uh, sometime in the next few weeks to, to set up a meeting. Good, thank you. Discuss and consider appointing representatives to an MPOJC bylaws review committee. And, you know, as suggested by Steve, those who are not present will probably be first on the list. <laughs> That's right. Uh, thank you. Per the adopted uh, MPO bylaws, uh, the bylaws are to be reviewed every five years at a minimum. 
by a committee of five total representatives, uh, which receive recommendations for amendments from both the MPO rural uh, board as well as this urban board. Uh, at least one of the five representatives must be from the rural board, and they're actually meeting tonight at 6 o'clock after uh, the conclusion of this meeting. And then uh, the other four will be from this group. Uh, amendments to the bylaws must be approved by a two-thirds majority vote by this board and just by a simple majority vote by the rural board. It's a much smaller board. Uh, at your November meeting, I noted that staff had also received uh, a request to review the bylaws stipulating how appointments are made to the East Central Iowa Council of Governments. Uh, specifically, the intent of the request, I think, was to investigate whether current term limits are long enough and then just whether our represent representation we send to ECCOG benefits Johnson County uh, as much as it could. Current term limits are for one year, and I think the concern is that uh, there's a lot to do at ECCOG, and, and they have a lot of important things they work on just like we do, and in one year, you just can't get up to speed. That was the concern. So you get on the, uh, the ECCOG Board of Directors, you're there for a year, you sit through a budget and, and all the other great things they do, and then before you see any of that come to fruition or even see the budget really in place, then you're, you're off the board. Uh, so that makes some sense to me. Uh, the reason we have a one-year term limit, uh, I believe, is because we have sort of a um, complicated appointee schedule as well, where Johnson, the two largest entities in Johnson County, which is Iowa City and Johnson County by population, alternate every other year. Then the third through fifth largest entities, which is North Liberty, Coralville, and Solon, alternate every three years, and stick with me. And then the following seven smallest communities, or the remaining communities in Johnson County, rotate every seven years. And it wasn't that way until 2011 uh, when we went through our bylaws and we made that change. And I think the idea was to get everybody involved, uh, every entity in Johnson County involved. I think the issue is just that, um, or the question is, is, is that the best representation we can send for the county as a whole? And then, especially with the smaller entities, is being on the ECOG board one out of every seven years really as useful as we want it to be? So those are the questions uh, that I think we need to look at. In addition, because we need to review the bylaws every five years, we're one year shy of that, but I think we might as well just collectively sit down and look at them all at the same time, too. Uh, five years is the maximum, of course, not a minimum. Uh, with that, um, I'm looking for volunteers to sit on this committee. I'm going to anticipate that we'd probably have to meet at least probably two times, two or three times for probably an hour uh, to hash out some of these things. Uh, and then we would bring that back to the board um, at some point this year to adopt is the hope. The wrinkle on that is that the rural board only meets one time a year, so whatever we do, because they also need to vote on the, the changes, if there are any in the bylaws, wouldn't occur till next January. We could call a special meeting of the rural board for that approval, but we already have a hard time getting a quorum, and in fact, we had a hard time finding, I think, a quorum for tonight's meeting, so even annually, it's just tough. They're from smaller communities, they have to drive further, uh, they're busy people. That said, uh, if there's four folks from this group that would like to volunteer for the bylaws committee, it would be appreciated. Um, it doesn't have to be this way, but I guess my preference would probably be we get as many different jurisdictions uh, involved as possible. And I'm happy to answer any questions before we, before everybody volunteers. Harry? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, thanks. Pat. I was involved before, so I wouldn't want to take it away from anybody else. <laughs> Louise from. Or maybe or maybe we need you, Louise, Consistency. for your Consistency. Yeah. Okay, I'll be on it. You want to, Louise? Okay, thank you. 
Anyone else? I'll do it. Okay. Thanks, Megan. That's perfect. So I don't know exactly how this looks, but I'll obviously be reaching out and we'll we'll set up some times where we can discuss this. Need one more? I thought that was uh, Terry, Pat, Louise, and Megan. I think we've got okay. yep. okay. yep. Thank and then you we'll very get much. one from the rural board uh, tonight, hopefully. Um, not sure exactly how this will work out just yet, just kind of thinking through it, but um, I'll obviously reach out to everyone that volunteered um, and we'll start to sit down and, and hash this out. Um, I do have a meeting uh, that I just set up today with the County Board of Supervisors at their work session, February 9th, I think it is. And I believe uh, the director of EasyCog, Karen Kurt, is also gonna be there. So I think we're gonna talk through some of uh, the county's um, questions and issues. And then I think the idea is they'll make a, they'll make a pitch to the committee and then we'll start from there. Good. Thank you for your participation. Thank you. Next item, consider appointment of representative to the statewide urban design and specifications, or otherwise known as SUDIS, board of director. Thanks. Uh, just one thing on the last agenda item, I forgot the bylaws that were attached in the packet omitted every other page. That was a mistake on my part, some double-sided printing issue or something, but um, so they're at each one of your seats. <laughs> Uh, so on to item 3G, uh, every other year uh, the MPO is asked to appoint an MPO representative to the Statewide Urban Design and Specifications Board of Directors, otherwise known as SUDAS. Uh, SUDAS is a nonprofit organization which maintains Iowa manuals for public improvements, both design standards and specifications. Those include things like erosion control, utilities, street construction, um, all things engineering related. Uh, Scott Larson, assistant city engineer for the city of Coralville, has been, he's our current representative and he has been so since 2005. And Scott actually recently became elected the SUDAS board president um, and has indicated his willingness to serve for another two year term. At their January 21st meeting, the Transportation Technical Advisory Committee unanimously recommended that Scott uh, serve another two year term. Uh, if your choice is not to have Scott uh, sit on another two year term, uh, the only requirement is that this person be a licensed engineer working for one of your entities. And I'm happy to answer any questions that you have. Under the circumstances, um, we're going to entertain a motion to continue the appointment as is. So moved. So moved. Second. Second. Yeah. Moved and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 All opposed? Motion carries. Thanks. Scott's been doing a really nice job for us. Okay, area four, consider approval of Federal Transit Administration Section 5307 Transit Operating Funds Formula, <clears throat> funding apportionment for FY 2020, and transit st statistics for fiscal year 2019. Yes, thank you. I'm Brad Newman, Associate Transportation Planner. Uh, this is our annual apportionment of our Section 5307 federal dollars for operating. Uh, for the for for transit in the Iowa City metro area, it includes Iowa City Transit, Coralville Transit, and the University of Iowa CAM bus. Um, this year, uh, you can see we have over 2.8 million dollars to apportion uh, in funding, and that's about a $300,000 increase from FY19. Um, the formula that we use to apportion the money is based on four factors: it's uh, operating cost locally determined income, revenue miles, and fair revenue. Uh, attached in the memo is the proposed 2020 apportionment in the formula, uh, as well as the 2019 apportionment uh, for comparison. You can see every all three systems went up, so they're always happy about that. Um, the performance statistics that are attached, they, they uh, track things like ridership, 
costs, revenue hours, revenue miles, uh, those sort of things. Uh, I would like to point out in the, the ridership, we've been tracking that since, I think all of these categories actually since 1980-something. Uh, um, so we have some trend lines here. Uh, the one trend I wanted to point out was the ridership has gone down for the fifth year in a row um, for the urbanized area. So something we need to work on. Um, the Technical Advisory Committee unanimously recommended approval of the 2020 apportionment and staff is requesting approval from the board. Are there any questions on any of the statistics or uh, the formula or the apportionment? Or comments? Can you talk to me, tell me about this multiplier? Oh, here it is. Never mind. Yep. Small print. It's just those four categories, yeah. and, and you come That's up already, with a multiplier. Yeah, and if you go year by year, and I know you don't see that except for two years' worth, but the multiplier doesn't change a whole lot. Right. I think it's, most of what changes it is the, uh, the budget, the operating, mm -hmm. when that goes up and down. The rest of them are pretty consistent. Anything from anybody? Any, any thoughts on why the ridership is trending down? Well, I, you know, we peaked um, in ridership, I think it was in 2014 or 15, and it was over, I think it was 7.2 million rides. Now we're down to 5.5 wow. million rides. Wow. Um, the only thing, I, I think it's, it's the options. There's more options available. Um, you have Uber, you have taxi, you have more people walking, more people biking. Um, the gas prices are still low, so I don't know why, you know, that, that probably has uh, something to do with it as well. Um, but I was looking at some of the ridership numbers, and I was looking back 20 years ago, and they're about the same as what they are today. Really? Um, we did go up a little bit, but then we're coming back down again, but it, it was, it's been pretty consistent for years. So why uh, it's a nationwide thing. Um, you see transit changing all over the country because the ridership is changing. I think it's the options, really. There's so many more than there used to be. So that's the only thing we can really come up with, other than maybe some local, locally road construction. Uh, when you have to detour a lot of the routes, you sometimes lose those folks for a while until you can get the route back going uh, because you have to add time and they just don't ride it. So, yeah, uh, I was going to mention, I think what Brad's saying is right. I think we're doing a lot of good things in other areas uh, with um, our off-street trail network, our on-street trail network, uh, certainly our policies with respect to sidewalks and, and urban design and those things. So I think we're doing a good job. Although the ridership's heading in the wrong direction, um, we... The good, the good thing of it is we are still one of the most successful transit uh, groups between Canbus, Coralville, and Iowa City in the country. Per capita, our ridership is still uh, outstanding. As of a few years ago, we were number 11. 11 in the country. Yeah, we were 11th in the that country per capita. Per capita. So when you look at the list, it's New York, uh, you know, New York, LA, whatever, whatever, Iowa City. So, I mean, it's pretty impressive. So heading in the wrong direction, unfortunately, but I, we should still be But I think everybody <laughs> That was my question, if that's a nationwide trend. It is nationwide, yeah. Yeah. I think all those cities that Kent mentioned, they're, they're having the same issues. There's just, uh, just a lot of different options out there. Is, is CAN bus going down too? It is. It is. We've noticed uptakes in parking. Yeah. 
parking in, but we uh, generally yep. agree gas is low. Um, our parking permits going to, for the corollary are very high for students. Um, and everybody wants that immediate. Yeah. I, I blame Uber personally, but yeah. um, but I, I have no statistical. <laughs> uh, but everybody, I, in my opinion, yeah, is very much the now and the when. Yep. They're willing to well, I agree. I agree. Yep. Any other questions or comments? It's, you know, it just seems strange with the increases in population that we've had in this immediate area. Yeah. That is just an inverse yeah. effect. Yeah, it is. Okay. Well, uh, I think they have some sessions this week for, um, and then we'll hear, I think they're going to wrap it up mid-February. Anyone wish to establish a motion on approval for the transit operating funds formula? So moved. Second. Moved and seconded. Final discussion or questions? All those in favor say aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries. Discussion of changes to the Iowa DOT payment data collection program. Good evening, Emily Bothell, Senior Associate Transportation Planner. So since 2013, the Iowa DOT has funded the collection of pavement data on all paved roads in Iowa um, in the state, but due to increasing costs and other competing priorities, this is no longer um, a sustainable option for them. Um, and for those of you that are unfamiliar with this type of data, um, it includes a multitude of um, pavement indicators, and this can be everything from pavement cracking, smoothness of the ride, um, lane widths, things like that. Um, the, da the data is primarily used by entities to, to determine the best maintenance action and to prioritize projects into the future. Um, so instead of collecting data on a two-year cycle, the DOT has opted to collect data on a four-year cycle, but it will allow um, local agencies to opt in, either at the planning agency level or at the local jurisdiction level. If the MPO chooses to opt in as the planning agency, um, we have the ability to utilize STVG funding, um, and that would be approximately $40,000 every four years. Um, for those of you new to the board, STBG funding is allocated by the MPO um, every few years to fund road and bridge projects primarily in our MPO area. Um, on the other hand, if the MPO chooses to opt out, um, as a planning agency, each individual entity has the ability to opt in um, to get funding or to get the data collection every two years, um, but that would be at their expense. Table one in your memo shows the estimated cost for each jurisdiction, um, and data will be collected in Johnson County in 2021 at the DOT's expense, and therefore the board does not need to make a final determination on this until January of 2023. So if there are any questions about this, um, I'd be happy to answer them. Yeah, this, this really, I mean, the, the amount is relatively small, but we wanted to make sure that you were all aware this was occurring because you might likely be hearing from your uh, respective engineers about the, the kind of data they might need, the amount of data might, they might need, and then of course the budgetary issues. So just wanted to keep you guys aware that you might be hearing about that from your, from your city engineers. And we have been consulting with the Transportation Technical Advisory Committee and will continue to do so. Questions? Comments? We really don't any, need any action on this, I wouldn't think. We do not. Okay. No. Thank you. Thank you very much.
update on the uh, fiscal year 21 transportation planning work program and fiscal year 21 through 24 transportation improvement program. Back to you, Brad. Yep, I just wanted to give you a quick update on two of those programs. These are things that we do annually here. Um, the transportation work program is a document that identifies major projects addressed in the next following, or the following fiscal year. In this case, it'll be FY21 through FY24. Uh, the work program includes all state and federally required planning processes and documentation, ongoing and routine projects and special projects requested by member agencies. We will begin that um, soliciting for those FY21 projects in February, so you will be receiving something soon. Um, the those will be put into the draft work program. Uh, and that'll be submitted by April 1 um, to the Iowa DOT, the Federal Highway Administration, and the Federal Transit Administration. Uh, the board, again, will uh, approve the final work program in May. The uh, Transportation Improvement Program, the TIP, is a programming document for federally funded transportation improvements within the city, Iowa City urbanized area. Uh, this document includes the federally funded transportation projects for all modes of transportation. Uh, the TIP formalizes the specific projects uh, to receive federal funding in the year in which they're programmed. Last year, you remember, we um, gave out, um, out $6.7 million in surface transportation block grant funding and $1.45 million uh, in Transportation Alternative Program funding, the TAP program. Um, so we do that every other year. So this year is an off year, so we won't be awarding any funding this year. Um, however, two of the projects that were awarded last year uh, had to be put out into FY24, which was not included in last year's TIP since it only went to 23. So this year's 21 to 24, those two projects will be included. Uh, they included Iowa City's Dodge Street Improvement Program, and that was over $3.7 million in STBG funding, and North Liberty's North Liberty Trail project, and they received $648,000 in TAP funding. Uh, again, the board will adopt um, the TIP in uh, July. Um, any questions on either one of those programs? It's a little easier this year with the TIP, and we don't have to go through all the awarding of the projects, so. Yeah, we just wanted you to be aware that the two projects you had already allocated funds for will be programmed this year. Uh, no action needed on our part. Um, really, the work program is probably the more important piece, and we, as Brad mentioned, will reach out in early February, just in a week or two, uh, to all your uh, TAC members. So the Transportation Technical Advisory Committee members uh, will get those, which include all of your engineering staff or a representative uh, of their groups. And if there's any transportation um, studies or plans or research and those types of things that you have on your mind, just make sure to communicate those with your, your TAC members or reach out to us, either way. Questions or comments? If not, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Update on Crandick passenger rail study. Well, we've been updating for a long time on this phase three. <laughs> um, it's, it's finally being completed. Um, you remember the phase three of the rail study was supposed to be completed in December of 2018. Um, 
in that study will focus, it focuses on ridership, revenue forecasting, financial strategies, uh, benefits to the communities, and some concept station design. Uh, the delay we had, uh, which was over a year now, uh, was in, reg in regard to data collection for the model. Um, this is something um, we thought was taken care of in the original contract. Uh, turns out consultant had a different idea. Uh, we finally got that worked out, uh, working with the Iowa DOT and Crandick Railroad. Um, HDR is the consultant, and they did conclude their onboard bus surveys uh, to, to collect the data they needed. Uh, that data will be used in the model to develop the uh, more accurate ridership forecast. They had given us some ridership uh, numbers early on in the first two phases, but um, they wanted to get that a little more accurate, and the FTA, the Federal Transit Administration, required it. So if we want to apply for any funding in the future, we have to have, we have to go by their rules. So we had to get that data collected. So that's been done. Um, HDR indicated the other day that they'll have all this wrapped up by mid-February, and we'll have some stakeholder presentations uh, in early to mid-March. So it is getting wrapped up, and you will have some information very soon. Any questions on that study? Will it be re just wait to be revealed to us at the April 1st meeting, or will we have some information ahead of that April 1st meeting? I'm assuming, well, with the stakeholders, we'll be invited to the, the presentation, so your communities will be invited. Okay. Uh, we have not seen anything yet. Yeah. Uh, they don't have it completed until, I'm, I'm assuming we'll see it in advance, but I don't know. Um, but your community should be, as stakeholders, should be invited uh, to participate. Yeah. So your, your city administration will get a copy as soon as the stakeholder meeting becomes available, and then it's, it's public information thereafter. Okay. Yep. And uh, in addition, you'll also remember that in addition to the actual passenger rail portion of the study, we also did the um, sort of the option on if that does not work or if that does not True. come into play for 20 or 30 or 50 years, uh, the likelihood and the cost of that um, rail bed becoming a trail. So you remember we actually provided the trail portion of that study to you last year, probably about a year ago now. Yep. Uh, that was the easy part, but then we got hung up with the, um, the transit studies basically and how to, how to satisfy the Federal Transit Administration. Um, and then the funding for the extra um, part of the contract came from Crandick and the DOT. There was no additional cost to the communities. Other questions or comments? Thank you, sir. Okay. Update on MPLJC Census Boundaries Review. Hello again. Emily Bothell, Senior Associate Transportation Planner. So as part of the 2020 decennial census, the MPO has been invited to take part in the Participant Statistical Areas Program, and that's to review and verify census tracts and block groups within our area. Um, the Census Bureau will use these boundaries to tabulate data for the American Community Survey estimates, and um, this is important to the MPO because we want to ensure that our traffic analysis zones, which are used in our travel demand model, that they align 
align well with the um, census tracts and block groups for a seamless transition of data. Um, our travel demand model relies heavily on the census data, and um, it's used to estimate um, where um, people and goods are traveling, how fast it takes to get there, and whether or not our system can handle that. Um, that said, I have been in touch with the Census Bureau since drafting this memo, um, and they informed me that local entities were not invited to participate in this review. Um, so we're not sure how local entities use this data, if it's used on a daily basis, or if it may affect something um, that they're doing. And so um, it's something that we wanted to make you aware of. Um, and if any additional information becomes available, um, we'll be in touch with um, your communities. Um, are there any questions or concerns about um, the data or just the, the PSAP in general? Yeah, this is this one concerns me just a little bit. I'm not a um, I'm not a census data or census boundary expert by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, what Emily says is true. It's very important for us that our census tracts and boundaries align with our basically how we use our model. So for us, every day we use our model. We need those things to align. What I'm a little less clear on is how census tracts and boundaries might affect communities with respect to taxing districts or I don't know what it, I don't know what they're used for so so that's the the concern is that when every 10 years we do the census and, and we get this notification that you all aren't being notified of that so it's just something to give some thought to we have 90 days we have 30 days to notify them whether or not we recommend any changes and then we have until April um, to submit those changes so if you have concerns with census boundaries changing, get in touch with us and we'll, we'll work through that. I'm just not sure what all the what all that affects, to be honest. I did look back at the 2010 census um, as compared to what they're proposing right now. And um, for the census tracts, they're more defined. So if you have a larger area, it's then broken down into two or three areas. And so if anything, that will provide more definition um, for the communities when they're using this data um, for statistics or to show information um, such as income, housing, um, and other demographics. Questions? I'm a little unclear as to what you need from us then or who would know what you're looking at uh, on our, as at our city planners that would be of benefit to review this or? Potentially. Okay. Um, I'm not sure uh, if they use the data um, internally for something or if it's just information um, that they download from the census and then use um, for reports. Okay. Yeah, we're a little unclear too, and that's why we wanted to bring it to you all. Just uh, being elected officials to work with budgets and taxes and TIF districts and all these other things that we as an MPO don't really get too involved with. We just wanted to kind of throw it out there and make sure there wasn't any, uh, you know, any comments you had right off right off the cuff, things that popped in your mind. But uh, give it a little thought, and if you know, if if those boundaries changing is of con major concern, just let us know, and we can kind of work through that. But. Um, it concerned me when the Census Bureau let Emily know that they don't contact individual communities. Well, I... It just seems odd to me, I guess. I guess I, I would like to know, what do they use the boundaries for except for the collection of data? I mean, so... Right. And then providing that, those data to entities. So, you know, if, if those boundaries don't align with the ones that the entities use, you just, you know, you draw your... It's going to look like a Venn diagram, basically, and you're going to know that. But, like, how could that be, except for kind of making it a little bit complicated? How is it a 
how could it potentially be a problem? I don't. Yeah. I mean, what do they use it for besides the actual collection of of it? Well, the, uh, other than the collection of data and then disseminating that out yeah. um, on their website, I'm not sure how else they use it or how else it may benefit um, oh. any local entity. Does it, do you know if it goes into um, political boundaries, you know, like when, when they do redistricting for um, representation or anything? I don't. I can only assume it does, and that's that's the concern. But I, I you know, that gets kind of outside of our area of expertise. Sure. Um, yeah. But then there's there's really quirky things too that no one thinks about. Like for MPOs, it's super important. Like um, like Emily had mentioned, because our our transportation analysis zones they call they're called need to match those boundaries, or it just causes us major heartache. So you know, there's all these really quirky things that come from it, and that's we just wanted everybody to be aware. Um, we can certainly continue to look into it. It just there's this time frame, so mm -hmm. it just feels weird that we're being made aware of something that's so nebulous that nobody can tell what we're being made aware of. It does of. feel weird, yeah. <laughs> so I want to err on the side of letting you know and not figuring out later. Thank that you. I didn't let you know, and <laughs> then uh, we get into a major problem. So yeah, I it is. It's it's one of these things that I don't have a great answer for. Just. Um, you know, with all the knowledge that you all have that I don't have, I thought maybe. Sure. Might we'll go with city, that. <laughs> I want to say the city of University Heights was notified by the Census Bureau for our boundaries. Okay. And I'm having that looked over, and I have until March 1st. Okay. To do that, but that's just our area. Is that the city boundary? Well, I thought it was. Okay. Yeah. You know, sure. they want to confirm that that's the sure. boundaries. I mean, I I sent it off to another department to review, and then they're going to give it back to me. Sure. Yes, but I, I mean, you said no cities were. No, I mean, but they. I believe cities were notified. Um, and asked to provide information related to any boundary changes for um, the community, so any annexations that uh -huh. have happened. Um, and I know that Johnson County um, had submitted those for a lot of the urbanized entities, mm -hmm. um, and so I'm guessing that's what um, they've asked you to That submit. was the impression, the material that we received, yes. was that more or less annexation boundary changes, yeah. and yes. then it goes, that's all that they were looking for. Yes. Yeah, municipal boundary changes, not the actual census block or block group changes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll look into this a little bit further. We'll reach out to uh, some of the planning staff and engineers. We also mentioned this to the technical advisory committee, hoping you know that this might jog some memory on things that this might be important for. But it may just be that it doesn't. Well, the thing is, I think the county impact. has a GIS system where they take care of that anyway, and so I mean that. The county has the best knowledge just, of what's no, been annexed or what's changed. So they do it every ten years. Yeah. They just do. We'll continue to work with the technical okay. committee and see if we can come up with anything. Just wanted to put on everybody's radar. Please get in touch if um, you want me to um, take a look directly for your community. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're down to other business. Severson C Cups Challenge. <laughs> Hi, Sarah Walls, Associate Transportation Planner with the MPO. And I come to you a couple times a year when the Severson Challenge opens and when it ends. And um, it ended, I think, on January 4th. And our communities raised um, funds and made donations to the uh, Crisis Center, the uh, food pantries in the various community val communities, Valley View Lodge, um, 
uh, the Joan Buxton Children's Aid Fund. And um, this year, uh, based on improvement over last year's contributions, the city of Iowa City narrowly uh, was ahead of uh, Johnson County <laughs> to win the Severson Challenge. So the cup will come to um, Iowa City. Um, but I just want to thank all of the different communities on behalf of the MPL for participating. I think the different communities that do participate have a little bit of fun doing it. And um, and I know that the, the organizations that receive the donations really appreciate it. And I want to say also Ronald McDonald House is also a recipient of the donations. So uh -huh. yeah, great event. Raised about $6,500 worth of goods and, and uh, Good. cash. So Congratulations. success and thanks to everybody. Thank you. Other business? Oh, I'll just make a quick comment for the city of Iowa City. I know all of our staff had a lot of fun with this, did a few different things this year with the ugly sweaters and, and mm -hmm. the uh, chili lunch. They just had a lot of fun with it. So I'm very happy and pleased. And congratulations to our staff for good work. Let's clap for <laughs> Other business? Welcome, new members. Glad to have you aboard. And thank you for the honor of letting me serve this year. And with that, a motion to adjourn would be in order. Move to adjourn. Second. Moved and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 All opposed, which I don't think you will. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everyone. Have a good night.